0: Hi, I'm Dan Rodier, staff scientist with Particle Measuring Systems. I've been here for about 20 years, and uh, my background is in analytical chemistry. Looking forward to talking with you today about nanoparticle contamination in ultra-pure water. But Before I do that, I'd like to say thank you to the conference organizers and sponsors for putting on this event. Uh, It's a little tricky, a little difficult putting it on online. I'm sure there's been some hurdles there, but it's well worth it. It's a great event. It's always highlighted on my calendar, and it's a great opportunity for me to learn in the field, learn from my colleagues, and also to share information. So thank you for, very much for putting this on. The presentation today will be kind of broken into two separate categories. The first part is how do you make these measurements of nanoparticles in ultra-pure water. And then the second half will be actually looking at observations of nanoparticle contamination in ultra-pure water and a discussion about future exploration. And the second part on the observations will be given by Glenn Slater. He's my co-author on this paper. Uh, he's from with Intel. This is a typical liquid particle counter. Um, We have a a light source, a laser, a means of focusing the laser down to a flow capillary where the fluid that you wanna measure is passing through. Um, You have a means of collecting the scattered light that occurs when the particles pass through the laser beam and you focus that light down onto a photo detector, which creates an electronic signal that you can measure. You can see here as the particles pass through the beam, small particles scatter a little bit of light, they create a small signal, large particles scatter a lot of light, they create a bigger signal. And we can look at that over here on the left, where the signal in millivolts equivalent on the vertical scale and every time a particle passes through it creates that spike in signal and we can bin those by particle size we know how many particles of each size pass through the laser beam these are typical of any liquid particle counter be similar we look at light scattering you know what's creating this signal Um, in our case we're looking at particles that are much smaller than the wavelength of light so we're looking at Rayleigh scattering uh, and this means that the scattering intensity is proportional to the diameter of the particle to the sixth power, and you can see that in the uh, scattering cross-section curve on the left here is diameter in microns, and it's a log-log scale, so it drops off very quickly. And the, the one on the right is a millivolt uh, electronic signal detected, the detector. And you can see, once you get less than the wavelength of light, you know, once you get less than about 500 nanometers, that drops off the diameter of the sixth power. It's very steep. So quick math, you know, if it's diameter of the sixth power, a 20 nanometer particle will scatter a million times less light than a 200 nanometer particle, count, particle will. Um, so even if you're going from just 30 nanometers down to 20 nanometers, you still need an improvement of over 10x and your signal of noise to be able to see that kind of particle. So as the particles get smaller, the signal drops off very quickly. So this this drives us to take some comprehensive engineering improvements, finding solutions to both increase signal and reduce noise. Um, I'm going to show you a little video here uh, looking at 20 nanometer uh, polystyrene latex spheres we use for calibrating our particle counters um, as they pass through the particle counter you can see that the noise here is kind of the, the, the fuzziness of the line to the left and right of the particle signal um, that kind of defines how, how small we can see. We need to make sure our particles are well above that so that there's no, there's no mistaking uh, noise for an actual particle and you can see in this case uh, 20 nanometers we're getting a, a lot of, a lot of signal compared to our noise. And even though these are calibrated with 20 nanometer PSLs, uh, this technology can see uh, metallic particles that are smaller than 10 nanometers, just due to the difference in refractive index. And you know, it's really the signal to noise is the key, key performance met- metric that makes this happen. So a word on the Intel PMS partnership, um, on the PMS side, you know, we've been in this partnership for, for years um, and really drove the, the, the development of this technology in many ways. Um, we have this, this core uh, metrology capability. We've been making particle counters for almost 50 years and uh, we collaborated with Intel and along the way, we found you know, to really meet their needs for fab implementation, we need to work to improve our signal and noise and improve uh, very good ma- you know, achieve very good matching unit to unit on very low concentrations. Ultra-pure water is one of the cleanest fluids on the planet, and uh, it's, it's not, a, not an easy task to be able to match uh, on very, very low concentrations, very, very clean fluids. Uh, but that's what, that's what you need. If you want to compare measurements in one place versus another uh, or one loca- one, even different parts of a filtration system uh, with different particle counters, you need to be able to have that kind of uh, matching. The result of all this work, and we put a lot of work into on both sides, uh, is a better quality particle counter. Um, so it, it, it's, a, it's a win-win really for for us. I mean, it's a win on our side. Uh, we come out with a better quality product by being pushed to improve and continue our, our uh, product development. And so with that, I'll, I'll hand it over to my, my co-author, uh, Glenn.
1: Thank you, Dan. And hello everyone. My name is Glenn Slater, and I'm responsible for analytical development at the Intel corporation. I've been with the company for 18 years now, and it's always amazing how the time goes by. This role brings with it, a tight and never ending crunch to drive down particle counts in our water, with the ultimate goal of improving fab yields. Sustaining this effort requires constant engagement with our vendors at a technical and developmental level with a focus not only on short-term needs, but with a constant eye on the next generation. This requires an ability to evaluate equipment in advance of release and provide feedback to help drive metrology to meet the demands of our semiconductor application. I value and appreciate that relationship with particle measuring systems. Dan spoke with you about the technical aspects of the UDI 20 particle counter, and I shift our focus toward the application side with details of some filter evaluations. We entered into this filter study with an assortment of questions we hope to resolve. For example, what advantage does the UDI 20 gain over the UDI 50 in visibility to particle baselines throughout our treatment system? Secondly, does the UDI-20 provide enough resolution to distinguish quality of individual filter housings at various ages? Third, can the UDI-20 characterize the overall efficiency of our filtration systems? Fourth, how does filter efficiency correlate to particle bin size as a filter ages? And last of all, could 20 nanometer baseline monitoring across our specific operations like filters or mixed beds enable a move from time-based maintenance to quality-based maintenance, potentially providing a cost benefit? In the next few slides, I will be sharing some results of our particle testing to better understand and characterize our various filtration systems. And generating these slides are recognized right away That some obvious questions would naturally arise regarding the identity of our filter manufacturers and filter ratings. Those are very relevant questions, but unfortunately I will tell you up front that I'll be unable to share those details. Regardless of that, I'm confident you will benefit from the results and hope that it will trigger testing ideas that you may consider at your own facility. As you see from the schematic at the bottom of this page, our filter particle study was applied to an array of six parallel cartridge filter housings with a common feed and a common product as shown. In this study, we utilized the UDI-20 and UDI-50 optical particle counters to measure particle baselines on the product side of each filter housing, as well as on the common feed and common product. Reordering the data set by filter age as you can see in the chart above, exposed a strong correlation between particle counts and filter life. Remarkably, from just one to six months, we see a 12x increase in 20 nanometer counts and 50 nanometer counts at six months that well exceed our 20 nanometer baseline at just one month. In the next two slides, we will see the influence this six-month-old filter has on the overall system performance. Comparing the common feed and common product uh, baselines by particle size enables us to characterize the overall filter efficiency in relation to the rating of the filter. Overall, these UDI 20 results show strong filter efficiency, but noteworthy in the results is the measurable decrease in efficiency that occurs under 50 nanometers. This trend plots the filter efficiencies of each of the six filter housings in our study as a function of particle size to highlight the effect of filter age. The line on top is our one month old filter showing the strongest efficiencies across the full range of particle sizes. From there, as we head down the trend, we see that our filter efficiencies steadily drop as the filters age from one to six months. As you can see, at just six months, efficiencies at 20 to 50 nanometers plummet to just 76 percent from the 94 percent value at one month. This final chart illustrates a similar filter analysis as was just presented, but this time applied across a few trains of ultrafilters. In this study, we blindly measured particle baselines of 20 nanometers and above at the product of three select UF skids representing filter ages from two to six years. Reordering the baseline results by filter age illustrated a strong correlation to filter life, just as was demonstrated with the cartridge filter study. So where do we go from here? This study opens the door to countless opportunities to better understand and optimize our UPW treatment operations. For example, these results open the door of of possibility uh, to transition some of our maintenance activities from time-based to quality-based, which could better optimize our filter life and capture measurable cost benefits. Secondly, I'd like to repeat these studies to strengthen this age correlation. I would like to expand out beyond six months, characterizing filter quality throughout its entire lifespan. And finally, the same effort could be exerted to other unit operations across the UPW treatment system. For example, we could perform similar age DOEs across mixed beds or booster pumps to find opportunities for continuous improvement. We could systematically segment all major UPW unit operations to pinpoint primary particle sources. And we could repeat the segmentation from fab to fab and site to site to highlight differences and drive performance. And with that, I'll turn it back to you, Dan.
0: Thank you, Glen. Thank you for sharing that data. I also wanted to, just in general, say thanks to to Intel for for all the work that they've put into this and in, in getting this far down the path, and, and especially thank Glenn and his his expertise has been amazing in, in this process, and uh, he really made this happen. It's all really his his him doing the legwork, and so uh, it's, it's a pleasure to partner with those guys. And this really is gonna result in, in better metrology and better particle counters you know, now and in the future. Uh, our objective today was just to kind of share some of the results of this collaboration and uh, start getting the word out there. It's a really interesting, interesting data. So I'm sure it'll stir a lot of good discussion will come out of it. Um, what we saw is when we looked at these cartridge and ultra filters today is it appears that the performance is dependent on the uh, duration of usage. And you can see that if you're monitoring at 20 nanometers, it's easy to detect and track these changes in filter performance. Uh, you also saw that in, for these cartridge filters, if you're only looking at 50 nanometers, by the time you start to see the 50 nanometer data moving, the filter performance of 50 nanometers start moving, you've already seen a 1,200% increase in tw- 20 nanometer contamination. So there's a lot of things that are changing before you see the 50 nanometer data start to change. So you can pick up on that if you're monitoring at some of these smaller particle sizes, you can detect these changes and trends in filter performance um, sooner and more accurately. Just to mention, we also also have several other joint projects in in process, and we're anticipating some key results upcoming here in the next few months. You know, preliminary data looks really good. So stay tuned. Um, We're looking forward to sharing more data at conferences uh, in, in the future. So thank you very much for your attention today, and thank you for joining us. Uh, Please stop by our our virtual booth for further discussions, and Glenn and I will both be available for Q&A in about 30 minutes from now. So I look forward to seeing you. I won't be able to to shake hands and uh, chit chat over a cup of coffee like we would normally do maybe, but just stop by the booth and we'll see how this works. just stop by and say hi, it'd be good good to see you guys. Uh, Have a good day, bye-bye.